This is your host, Matt Sheeks, and you're listening to Northwest Race Report. Today on our show, we have Andrew Fast, who definitely lives up to his namesake. Uh, Andrew is a professional triathlete. Uh, he's from Woodenville, Washington, my hometown. Uh, now he's currently out in New Hampshire, so he's not exactly a Northwest resident. However, he has been for a long time, so uh, we've got him on the show today. Um, he's a physical therapy student out in, uh, out in New Hampshire, and uh, we caught him at a good time. It looks like he just had a really good result at Ironman uh, 70.3 Mont-Tremblant. Uh, Andrew, do you mind saying hi to everybody? Hey, Matt. Hey, thanks for having me. I'm uh, excited to be here. I, uh, I have to say I still have my residency in Washington. They wouldn't let me get a license out here in New Hampshire. I, I, wanted, I wanted to leave here with something that says uh, live free or die, but... Apparently, I'm I'm not official out here, so I still I still consider myself local to uh, the Northwest. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, I think it's totally legit that you're still fall under the umbrella of Northwest Race Report. Right. So, um, yeah, man. So, live free or die. Is that your motto, or is that the New Hampshire motto? I'm I'm gonna take I'm gonna take it up. I uh, I agree with pretty much everything this state does, besides. Uh, no helmets on motorcycles, but New Hampshire is an awesome place. I'd say if you haven't been there, it's good people. It's a lot like New Zealand, like very, very rural and good terrain. And, um, yeah, they, they, they live a good life for sure. <laughs> Sounds good, man. Well, have you had any, uh, big workouts recently or key sessions that you'd like to share about that just might've just happened yesterday or last week or something? Yeah, we've kind of, we've been in between, you know, uh, Coming off of Mount Tremblant, we went back up there and did a training camp. Um, it's just an amazing place to go ride. So um, that's some good training up there. We did a couple. I, I'd never really done longer T runs, but um, we had a couple days there where it was like a nice hour solid warm up at a certain watts, and then get the legs rolling at, at like five minutes, really hard pace, and then uh, solid IM effort or maybe just above uh, for 45 minutes. So it's like a 50 minute interval, take 15 or 10 minutes in between and do that four times. So did a couple six hour rides and then a 40 minute run off the bike. So those kind of, those are, there's a t two kind of big key sessions we did up there that, um, you know, you kind of look to flog your legs a little bit and see how they hold up on the run. So, um, yeah, those, I'm still holding those in my back pocket recently. Everything, everything in the past couple of days, you know, it's kind of, uh, tapering down for Lake Placid a little bit. So nothing, nothing too crazy. But um, yeah. that sounds tough. So was that specific intensity that was on the bike? So could you could you run through that again real quick? Yeah. So it was like um, uh, um, I'm working with a, with a PBM coaching with Kurt um, Perham and, and uh, working a lot more with Watts than I have in the past. I didn't really at all. But so it's kind of like you'll do five minutes um, at half iron pace or a little bit harder. So kind of really looking to load the legs and do a surge or maybe like pretend you're gapping up to a group. Um, and then you're going to do yeah. 45 minutes, 40 to 45 minutes at iron or just above that. Um, and we were at camp, so it was definitely going above that, just being excited to be up there. So you do five minutes hard sure. 40 to 45 minutes at a pretty solid clip Ironman or just a little bit faster Ironman pace and then recover for 10 minutes and do that three more times. So it's four reps total. Um, so that'll equal wow. with the, re with the recovery and 
and uh, warm down. That's you know, it's about a, it took us about six and a half hour ride. We did that twice up there, and then did 40 minute T runs off the bike at a given run intensity um, for splits. So those are pretty good sessions. We hit some heat up there too, so it's kind of good to you know see how the body does when you're trying to go hard and you're losing half your body weight in water. So. Uh, yeah, <laughs> that's awesome, were, man. Yeah, those were good sessions lately for sure. Uh, yeah, what about yourself, man? Yeah, that definitely sounds crazy. Um, yeah, I just uh, I just went up to the cabin out in uh, Roslyn area, and I brought Robbie Webster with me. Oh yeah. And that's so cool. we were up there, and we were planning on doing between eighty and a hundred, <laughs> and we went out from uh, you know like Salmon Lasac um, into Roslyn, and. Uh, out there, Robbie was looking at the the temperature on his thermometer on his bike computer, and it was registering 98. And then we went out. Uh, there's a sweet loop that I just discovered that goes out uh, kind of south of Cleelum, and then it goes east towards, like, Thorpe and towards Ellensburg. But then you, you turn around uh, when you get to Thorpe, and you come back on Highway 10. Uh-huh. And the whole time, the, the thermometer was somewhere between 105 and 108 out there. Yeah. <laughs> So we were just, uh, we were just, you know, thinking about our next water stop pretty much. And eventually it wasn't really about pedaling hard. It was just about survival. So should have got rid of that thermometer. So you didn't know. <laughs> I know. Yeah. But the, the heart rate was its own thermometer. Cause you know, pedaling easy, your heart rate was like <laughs> mid one fifties, <150s. laughs> uh, but we still averaged like 20.6. So, you know, typical Robbie Webster ride, it's just throw down like the whole time and right. end up with a good average so yeah that was a good that was a definitely a good ride um yes. not as epic as that 125 miler that i told you about that i had to steal the potato chip bag to keep myself warm but right you know <laughs> it's that time of year you get and get get those those nice long rides in that are always they always have a i always like to think they have a beginning middle and end you can look back on them and there's always like the beginning, the middle, which is typically miserable, and then the end that's just totally glorious. <laughs> yes. Yeah, that's exactly how it was. We we were still able to throw down the last 10 miles, and somehow it, it cooled down a little bit because that valley where the cabin is at is quite a bit cooler. Yeah. So. <laughs> yeah, yeah, you pegged it, man. Okay, so you're just coming off a of big result at uh, 70.3 Mont Tremblant, and uh, looks like you got fifth in the pro field there. So congratulations, thanks. first of all. Yeah, thanks. It was good. Yeah, it looks like I don't know. Would you consider that your best result so far? Well, it's, I mean, it's kind of a that's the only um, so that's the only Ironman. So I'm a new pro. This is my first year full time pro. I did a, I I kind of poached up in Canada. You can race in the, the quote unquote elite field without having a USAT pro card. Um, and I had some like fun up there in some races where I got to kind of not pretend I was a pro, but start in a different wave. But um, Tremblant was my first actual Ironman um, race that I'd done uh, in the pro field, actually, um, and completed. Uh, and uh, so for me to like for my first race as a pro at an Ironman event to get fifth is kind of a little bit surreal because um, I'm more expected to spend a year just getting clobbered. So, I mean, like to stand on the podium at your first, you know, your first race as a pro, um, it was a pretty, pretty awesome feeling for sure. Yeah, that's great. Do you mind taking us through kind of uh, the play by play of the race? Kind of take us through um, how it went down and maybe some key moves uh, that you might have made, things of that nature? Yeah, I think, I mean, for me, a big, a big, um, a big difference that I'm noticing is, um, 
the whole dynamic racing in the pro field is, is very different for me because like when you're racing in an age group you can like slip stream and you have a ton of people a lot of good feet to draft off whereas when you're like you know national anthem and then it's you know male pro time to go there's like 10 to 20 of you so the swim starting out the swim i'm looking around at that race in particular i think there was maybe 12 people i mean we're not talking about a big field so you know, yeah. my, my game plan obviously not being a like i didn't grow up swimming i'm not a terrible swimmer but my game plan obviously was go as hard as i can and find some feet and hopefully they're just a, a touch faster than than my swimming ability is kind of always always my goal for sure um and i found some feet that that worked and there was three of us and we were definitely the tail end of the pack getting out of the water um and like you know you've been up to tremblant for the for the 70.3 you have like yeah. a quarter mile run when you exit the water so i kind of in other words uh there, there might have been one or two guys behind the three of us, but basically got out of the water and, and kind of ran like my life depended on it to my bike. And my <laughs> on the bike was, you know, get on that bike. And, and um, that tends to be where a little bit of my strength lies and just take out that first 20 minutes um, very hard and see if I can get some of those guys that swim well. Um, and I think, Yeah, for sure. So going into transition, I gapped a couple people um, that might have take, tried to take their wetsuit off before running. Um, and then the bike was the bike we talked about before and you've been up there and you've seen it. I, I would say to anybody who hasn't been up to Tremblant coming from Seattle, it's not close, but you've got some world championships coming up there. So, I mean, it, it's a place worth visiting and some people might be listening to this uh, and planning on racing there. And, you know, something that a lot of people describe the course as the bike, especially is it's a very fair course. And I, I would, after now racing it, I would say it's, it is, it's, um, it's not going to favor a climber or just like some huge person who can hammer on the flats. It's definitely got some rollers. Right. It's got some flat sections and fast sections. So um, I got on the bike and at the very tail end of the swim, um, Meredith Kessler and Julie Dibbins caught me. Um, and so I ended up actually in very close proximity to them on the ride um, and did my darndest to shake them. But uh, I tell you what, Ju Julie Dibbins is uh, watching her ride was really, really impressive. Obviously a world-class rider. If people don't know who that is, she's, you know, look her up, her Kona results. I mean, she's very, very world-class rider. So, you know, I ended up um, probably in the front of that pack of three uh, for quite a bit of the race, um, but definitely just tried to get away a little bit. And we didn't really, as I said, my plan was to kind of some, catch some people in that first 20. That didn't really happen. And I also didn't shake Dibbins and Kessler, which says a lot <laughs> about their, I mean, it was just, they're both very strong cyclists. So it turned into just kind of the three of us swap, swapping lead with Divins a little bit. Um, and we reeled in uh, a male pro early on, probably around mile 25. And then okay. another one on the, the last section of that course, you have some gut punch hills that um, if you're listening, you're heading and you're heading there to race worlds. I would definitely say if you're going to practice on any part of the course, that's the part to go ride and get your game plan down because it's definitely somewhere where you know, you can suffer just a little bit more and then you turn around, it's a little out and back and you're rolling really fast back into transition. Um, yeah. So they didn't let up at all. I think, I think Divins was trying to put some time on Kessler and so the, the intensity actually went up a little bit on those, okay. on that climb out and back. Anyway, caught somebody there, got into transition and um, I think at that point I was, I was sitting uh, in about sixth place and then uh, caught somebody on the run and had somebody relatively close behind me uh near the tail end of the run as i was uh definitely definitely feeling the effects of a of a strong ride at the tail end of that run so um yeah i mean everything yeah. everything like like i've talked to some you and, and some other people about it i feel like a, 
a well-executed run, obviously we always are like, yeah, I want to run negative splits. Um, what I'm finding is the reality is if I like lay it on the line and I race to my strengths, it tends to be like I have a, a good swim, a solid swim, a good bike, and then you have like a really strong run. But near the end, like, you know, sometimes it just hurts and it's a hard course or there's some hills. And so I was happy to see the finish line, <laughs> no doubt. Yeah, no, no kidding. I mean, anytime you're racing that hard for that long, you're going to be feeling pretty miserable towards the end. Mm-hmm. Well, you're making it sound like you executed the race pretty well. Um, are, is there anything like you would have changed if you had to go back and do it again? It's, it's always tough to say, you know, it's that equation of, of could I have ridden less and run better? And would it have mattered, you know? Um, or I don't know. I think I think every every race I learned something for sure. Looking back on that one, I'm I'm just it's a little bit surreal because I was I ended up with a good result there and I felt like I I've given my fitness at that point I I milked every bit of fitness that I had at that point so I'm not sure if I would have changed anything in terms of decision making. Um, yeah, yeah, I heard I heard from somebody uh, that you might have rid, ridden too hard trying to get away from those gals. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah, I definitely put in some some solid surges trying to. Uh, you know, trying to go do my thing, but that didn't work out. So, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> well, at least you settled in eventually. Yeah, yeah. Important to do. So, Andrew, now that you're racing pro and you've got this solid result under your belt at uh, Tremblant, would you uh, provide any advice as far as racing in the pro field uh, for half Ironman or perhaps uh, this specific course? For that, for that course, I would definitely... Uh, I would say if anybody's heading over there, I would just be super excited. You're you're hitting Mount Tremblant at a very good time. It's in its infancy of events. You know, this is a this is a town that's kind of a little bit sleepy in the summer, and now you've got um, they had a Spartan race up there. You've got three Ironman events. You've got the 70.3 I just did, the Worlds, and then the Ironman up there, the full. And so, um, as far as that going to that race as a destination race, uh, just, just remarkable. It's very scenic. It's a beautiful swim. The community comes out, really supports it. Banners everywhere, discounts for athletes everywhere. I mean, they're really embracing it. You know, it's in that early stage of, uh, it's bringing in lots of people and lots of, lots of business to local companies. So, um, it's a really exciting time to, to catch somewhere that, that welcomes it so, so much, you know, um, they've repaved some roads. I mean, it really is a great place to go race right now. Uh, I think Jesse Thomas called it the triathlon Disneyland or something like that. And it true, it truly is when you race there, you, you feel like it's, a, it's designed to have a race there. Um, yeah. Yeah. And such a pretty area and just being able to kind of experience a little bit of French culture without having to cross the pond is, is awesome. Absolutely. I think I came home, I came home and as I'm sure you know, as well, you know, I came home and I felt like I'd been, I was, I had that refreshed feeling as if I'd been to Europe uh, because it's the little things that are different, you know, instead of a, when they, when they write prices, it's a comma instead of a period. And then the dollar sign is after the amount, like there's little things that, and they speak, obviously. <laughs> there's the little things that are just a little bit different than the, what, than what you're accustomed to. And that stuff that just adds to the excitement of racing somewhere, you know, when it's, uh, you know, just a different town, different language, different culture. So, um, yeah, great place to race as, as far as, um, you know, tips for somebody who's like, a um, racing pro i mean gosh your guess your guess is as good as mine at this point i'm i'm definitely learning as i go but i i I would say that it's uh the swim and the bike are definitely a different ball game in the sense that um you're not obviously allowed to draft um but there is definitely some tactic going on in terms of 
you want to get out of that water as fast as you can, and you want to get in a group that's going to put you in good position to keep the velocity up. So what I'm finding or feeling is that uh, you, re you really want to put yourself in the best position that you can on that bike with, with, within your limits early on and really get yourself into that position and then settle in. So it's definitely that's what I'm noticing is a, is a big difference is that um, in your training as well, you kind of have to mimic a little bit of that surge, more surgy riding. You know, it's, not, it's, not, it's not as much of a just a time trial per se, if that makes yeah. sense. Yeah, no, that makes sense. It seems like we've got a pretty similar philosophy, having a maybe a pretty similar uh, swim speed. <laughs> and they were putting a lot into those first few minutes, just kind of going crazy, trying to get on some feet and then settling in mm -hmm. and then playing catch up on the people that we didn't catch on the swim, trying to catch them early on in the bike to get into that good pack. And, yeah, you know, that's that's pretty important in half Ironman and in Ironman. It's more uh, it's even more an individual race and longer. So you know, then the gaps open up and there's less packs, I feel like. But in half Ironman, if you want to have a chance, it seems like, yeah, you do have to find a pack to ride in. Yeah. Yeah. So, so yeah. Well, once again, congratulations at that race. Um, doesn't look like you were able to quite beat my, uh, my swim split though. So that's, that's kind of surprising, but Hey, yeah. you know, <laughs> I heard the swim was short that year. <laughs> <laughs> it was either that or I just got on some excellent feet. It was like, yeah barely what I could handle. I was like, you know, a couple of times like, Oh no, I'm going to lose them. Yeah. <laughs> and then managed managed to stay on to the guy the whole time. So that's the cool. Sweet, that's a sweet spot. Well, there's one other thing I wanted to ask you about. And, and that's that, uh, you know, when we were in Woodenville, uh, training together, you were self-coached and kind of training by feel, uh, quote unquote. And, uh, this year you're working with the coach. So, uh, do you mind running through kind of some of the uh, some of the differences there that you're noticing? Yeah, the, the transition has been, it has been interesting. And I think uh, um, some of the guys that I that I followed early on were like Gordo, Chucky V, um, a lot of guys that I, they're definitely not low tech, but they definitely have a good grasp on um, using heart rate as an indicator of stress and just kind of like definitely more in tune with your body than say, people who are like purely looking at Watts and like you either hit your Watts or you didn't. So we need to recover type of, uh, pseudoscience type, type training, I guess I'd call it. Um, mm -hmm. and yeah, that, I mean that block, but the, the, before I came back to Woodenville, I was doing a lot of just like long, slow running in the mountains, five hour runs, six hour runs. And I think that set me up well to, to put up with the punishment that you put me through <laughs> when we started, when we started training together, because I think you being in tune, if you're going to be self-coached and you're going to go by feel, and there's a, my friend Matias up in Anchorage, there's a race called Mount Marathon. You should definitely look it up. If you haven't heard about it, look up some YouTube videos. Mm. It's a, it's a pure, pure 3000 foot mountain, mountain race, straight up, straight down. Um, I bring up Matias cause he's like, he's consistently PRing the older he gets. And when I talk to him about it, it's like, I think he's just becoming more in tune with like when he feels good he goes really really hard and he like has fun doing it when he doesn't feel yeah. good he like goes really really easy and he just enjoys running and i think that joy factor sets you up for just, no burnout basically you know like there's a lot gotcha. of times where you and i would go out and there's a lot of laughing going on there's a lot of goofing around but if we felt good you know we were we were hammering we were getting work done um and i think that's something that i don't necessarily miss but that's something that i haven't found as much when i have a set watt and time that uh, is part of a bigger, bigger plan. With that being said, like this bigger plan that I'm referring to, I've been really amazed with when uh, 
something, Kurt, Kurt will put something on my schedule and I'm looking at it and I'm going, there's no way, man, my legs are loaded. We just did X, Y, Z and I don't, I don't want, yeah. and then I'll go out and I'll warm up and by golly, I'm, I have like a breakthrough session. So I think having some, especially if you're busy, I'm a little, obviously doing a doctorate program. I'm a little more busy at this point. Um, having somebody that you trust and really have a lot of confidence in and you don't need to tinker with it or question it. That's for me, step one, totally like believing in Kurt's ability. And then step two is like trusting the process has been a really powerful thing of working with any coach. I think Mm -hmm. putting trust in your coach and knowing that they are looking out for you and and they have your goal in mind when they write the plan. Um, I just, I keep having these sessions where I'm like, wow, where did that come from? And uh, it's because he's, you know, he's sitting behind his computer doing some, doing some thinking for me. So that I've <laughs> appreciated that. So that's, yeah, I guess, in a nutshell, that's kind of the, the difference. Training partners are, are always key. I got to throw that into. I've got a good crew up here, and training with you is awesome. And I think having having people that keep it fun, um, no matter how you're training, with a coach super rigid or somewhere in the middle or totally self-coached. Uh, you got to keep it fun. And usually that's, you know, with other people. Yeah. Yeah, no, absolutely. Um, so what are kind of, I know you're working with power now. Um, so you're working with a coach working with power and like, what are some of the benefits that you've noticed from doing it that way, as opposed to how you, how you wrote in the past? Yeah, it's, uh, I think just evening and we've talked a little bit about it, but you know, evening out that, so if we apply this to like a race, like ultimately we love training, but we're getting ready for a gun to go off and then we're going to see what we have. You know, it's a, it's a way to test ourselves and testing ourselves is fun. So bearing that in mind, training with Watts for me has been, has been beneficial because I can lengthen out. I, I can try to eliminate big spiky efforts followed by soft pedaling. And I can try and have this more, uh, a, a nice, beautiful, if I can pull it off graph where my heart rate and my watts are sustained at just about what I can sustain for that given amount of time. And when you, when you do that, you're executing a good race, I think. So, um, I think watts are a very, they, they won't lie to you. You know, sometimes you can, (laughs) sometimes you can go on perceived exertion and maybe, maybe it means you need to recover. But the nice thing about watts is in training and if you use it like on an, in an Ironman or a long ride, uh, they're going to keep you honest and they'll, they'll keep you, uh, you know, putting out a more even, even output over a long duration, which is ultimately what we're training for. Yeah. Yeah. No, that makes sense. I mean, a lot of times I'll look at my Watts when I'm feeling terrible and be like, dude, that's, that's hideously bad. You can at least be over 200 right now. (laughs) Uh And at least that's going to give you, you know, a better average speed, better workout than if you had just kind of blown up and slacked for for a long time yeah and the nice thing is too working with working with kurt and um one of my primary training partners amber is is coached by kurt as well is like there's some days where literally in the training says go stupid easy or run stupid easy and we're and you need that something like sometimes it's super important to get rid of the get rid of the miles per hour get rid of the watts get rid of take your watch off and just go nice and easy you know and so there's definitely sprinkling in of that as well which um, I think is good. Otherwise you just get all down on yourself if you can't crank it out, you know? Yeah. 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 There's something to be said, I think for, um, just letting the workouts come to you sometimes as opposed to always having to kind of peg a certain effort level that's, you know, harder than just your normal pace. You know, it doesn't work to do that day in and day out. Sometimes you got to find that nice, comfortable aerobic pace and just train at that and 
that's going to back up a lot of the hard training that you do. Right. So, yeah, man, that's awesome. Um, well, cool. So, uh, looks like you got uh, Ironman uh, Lake Placid coming up, yeah. and that's in week and a half now. Yeah, the countdown. So, how you feeling for that? It's feeling good. I've been uh, been experimenting with a little uh, uh, caffeine elimination and uh, some heat training, and uh, that you sound like it. <laughs> I'm just kidding. <laughs> and we were on our ride today, and Amber's like, "You're way too zen," and handed me some Gatorade. Like, um, yeah, I'm, I, I uh, and I then like an hour later uh, took my front wheel off to put it in my put my bike in my car and proceeded to almost run over my wheel. So there are some downsides to this whole experiment I'm doing, but um, no, yeah, I'm 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 excited for. I I kind of feel really young and naive going into Ironman Placid. I'm new to the pro field. I haven't. I haven't really done an Ironman per se in a, in a long time and I've only done one really. So, you know, I'm, I'm probably, uh, in a, I feel like in a really good headspace for it because I have, I have zero expectations, but I feel really fit. So, um, it should be fun and hard. <laughs> that sounds perfect, man. As far as the, the mental preparation yeah. part of it anyway. And I, obviously you're in super good shape right now. So that, uh, that training camp sounds Sound like it was pretty epic. <laughs> yeah, well, it was a good time. It was a, good a six and a half hour ride is hard enough in itself, much less with the numbers you were trying to hit there. Yeah. Um, it was. But it sounds like sounds like we looked at the pro field together, and it sounds like you might have a little bit of competition on your hands. Quite a few people that might be the same ability level. So what's your what's your strategy coming into it as far as maybe taking some guys down? I'm very similar to half iron. You know, I'm 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 confident in all my disciplines and it really it's like every race is so different you don't know who's going to feel good and who's going to feel bad you know so especially if somebody's at a similar ability level um you really just hope that you don't wish any wish anything ill upon your competitors you just hope that you have a really good day and you know and uh that's really all i can control i can't really control who shows up or how fit they are so i'm just gonna i'm just gonna disregard it and hammer no sometimes i think that most of the time i would say that that's that's the best approach there's what you can get out of your body and you're not going to be able to change that on race day no no i don't think so i'm i'm i think more than anything i'm i'm gonna be uh pretty disciplined staying inside my own head and probably probably just swim ride and run to my potential as best that i can you know and if there's somebody around me and we're vibing and, and they're, 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 they're putting down a, a good pace. You know, hopefully that, you know, hopefully that pushes each other and we both perform really well as far yeah. as uh, fellow competitors go. Yeah, no, for sure. But you know, you gotta, you gotta keep your head together that last 10 K of that run. Cause that's when people could be falling apart both mentally and physically. And you could, uh, you could scarf some people up there on those last climbs. Yeah. Yeah. It'll be interesting either way. I'm excited. I've heard great things about Placid and, and, uh, um, yeah, I have, I have, I'm, I'm excited to go up there. I've heard just great things about it. Good challenging course. Uh, so Andrea, I was wondering if there's any, uh, people you might be partnering with, maybe like sponsors or anything that you might want to like give a shout out to and, kind of tell us about them yeah absolutely i um i've been with la sportiva now for about four years um uh trail running is definitely a huge part of my life so i'm on the la sportiva mountain running team and i I work with them on you know product reviews and helping to strengthen their their mountain running shoe line but turns out their mountain running shoes are super lightweight and really good for triathlon as well so 
Um, nice. La Sportiva is working out really well, and they're they're a great company to work with, and uh, they've been super supportive. So I definitely definitely have to thank them. And then um, Nutrition, I've been with Power Bar for three years, um, and they've just again been they they have one of the older oldest I think probably ambassador programs where they um, have an elite team where they they provide you with product and and just ask for feedback. So they uh, they've streamlined their support, and it's and it's amazing amount of support. Um, so Power Bar has been huge as well. Um, and then I, I linked up this year with a company called Mountain Khakis. Uh, it's a casual wear company uh, from Jackson Hole, Wyoming, and, and uh, they just make really solid, uh, stylish clothes that are comfy to wear. So um, I appreciate their support for sure. And then um, one of the companies I'm working with this year is called Smart Cells, um, and they wear their they're, um, insoles for your, for your feet. And, you know, it's interesting. A lot of people are wearing like compression and they're super psyched on that. And, um, you know, I, I would just say take an ice bath personally, but as far as your feet go, our feet, when you think about the amount of wear and tear we put on our feet as endurance athletes, it's really kind of like the untapped, um, I don't know, spot for recovery and care for your body. So yeah. So smart mm -hmm. cells is making, making some insoles that are really good for recovery, um, and just really comfortable on your feet. And, um, so I, I definitely appreciate their help as well. Um, a couple of associate sponsors with the mountain running team is Petzl, um, who are awesome for their headlamps. Um, and yeah, just, just, uh, all those guys, it makes it a lot easier. You know, everything adds up over time in terms of expense. So, um, yeah, huge shout out to those guys for all their support. It, it, it does make a huge difference in what I'm able to do and focus on as an athlete. Yeah, yeah, sounds good. Sounds like you got a nice little blend going on there. Uh, quite a few uh, innovative companies as well as just kind of some long-standing companies. I guess they, like Power Bar, got their start by being innovative and, you know, they kind of got there first and they're still like a giant. Right, um, right. And that may happen with uh, some of these other guys that are kind of coming up and coming up with an innovative idea that no one's really doing. Yeah. Um, kind of like with the footwear company and you know, maybe, maybe mountain khakis. Uh, so that's cool that you get to work with them. Um, yeah, always, uh, always want to provide some airtime to give a shout out, um, to sponsors and people that are supporting you. Cause it would be hard to get the job done without them. Yeah. Yeah. The other one, that, the other one too, that, and I mentioned a couple of times with PBM coaching has just been amazing. Um, they're, they're definitely one to look up if you're, if you're, uh, I don't know, just curious of what they're all about. They've been they've been amazing to work with over there as well. Cool. And and are they just coaching locally or are they also coaching uh, no, it's kind of crazy. On, a, on a wider level? Kurt was a Kurt was a professional mountain biker for a while. Um and just like a very elite level cyclist, I think, for many years. I actually don't know the full history on his, his athletic background, but basically he's you know, I think a West Coast uh native, but um has married and lived out here for a lot of years. So he's I think you know, Kurt's pretty well established in a lot of little pockets of, of the U S. Um, so yeah, no, they're, they're, he's got athletes kind of all over the place. Um, I did a camp in San Diego and linked me up with an athlete he's coached for years out there. So I think he's, he's pretty nicely, nicely dispersed. Gotcha. Awesome, man. Yeah. Um, well, good to know. Um, well, cool. Well, I think this pretty much wraps it up for today, Andrew. Um, obviously, we will talk again, but definitely thank you for being on Northwest Race Report. Um, and once again, to everybody listening, this has been Andrew Fast, uh, pro triathlete. Uh, he's 
with La Sportiva mountain running team, PVM coaching, uh, power bar, mountain khakis. And uh, currently in PT school out in out in New Hampshire, uh, racing a lot of the East Coast half Ironman and Ironman scene. But, you know, I'm sure we'll see him uh, back in the Northwest again sometime for one of these big races. Um, Till then, good luck out there and uh, have a good race at Placid. I will. Thanks for the time, Matt. Good to talk to you as always. 